Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Hallelujah. Book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. Proverbs 4, 20 through 24. And the word of God says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Don't go to the next one. We're going to read this one again. I want you guys to just focus on on the word of God. It says this. It says, my son, and it's talking to the daughters as well, but it's King David talking to, 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 to his son Solomon. He says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. It goes on to say in verse 23, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do, it doesn't say some things or sometimes, it says everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Praise God. You can just put the title up there. Guard your heart. And before we get into the message, I just want to pray. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here, and, and I know he's already been uh, dealing with many of us, including myself, and, and we want to give room uh, to him. So Holy Spirit of God, we pray, God, that we would open our hearts, our minds, Lord, to you, to what you, your word uh, would have us here today, that we would uh, uh, put aside, Lord, those things that uh, distract us, Lord, and we would focus on you, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for the word, Lord, that has already, Lord, begun to do something in our hearts, Lord, and and I pray for more of that, Lord. I pray, God, for freedom, deliverance, healing in this place, transformation, Lord, of our hearts. In the most powerful name we pray, that name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And as I was reading uh, Proverbs chapter 4, it began to to do something in my heart, and and the whole proverb is just amazing, and, and and they all are, but, but but if you just meditate on the Word of God, something begins to, to happen inside of you. It's this miracle that happens that only the Word of God uh, has this effect on your life, uh, which is why it's so hard to open, which is why uh, the enemy does so much to distract us from the Word of God, because the Word of God is power, it brings life, it brings transformation. And if we could just put the verse up there, just leave the scripture up there for a little bit. But in the beginning of this chapter, chapter 4, we see that, uh, uh, we're seeing here that, that, that the beginning verses are about wisdom and, and how powerful wisdom is and how we need wisdom in our lives. And, and it kind of describes wisdom and, and it's a father talking to the son and he's saying, you seek wisdom, you need wisdom. And, and it's so powerful as I was reading it and I kept going back to read it and, and I would recommend that you would please... If you don't do anything else this week that the pastor said, read chapter 4 of Proverbs. He goes about saying that, that, that after those few verses about wisdom and how we need wisdom and how it leads us and how it, 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 it brings us joy and peace, he goes on to talk about evil and wickedness in the next portion of the, of the chapter. And he talks about how the wicked don't understand wisdom, how... They neglected how they are moving without wisdom and how evil is leading the way of their lives. 
And if we think of the world that we live in, the city that we live in, we're, we're being led by a lot of evil and wickedness instead of wisdom. Even the church, many times we're not being led by the wisdom of God and the word of God, but many times we find ourselves being led by our culture. We find ourselves being led by how we feel. I was talking to, to a brother this morning, and a dear brother, and we were talking, and, and, and those of you who've been in the freedom class know this, and maybe forgotten, need to hear it again, but, but our choices need to lead us and not our feelings. Because our choices, when we make good choices, our feelings will follow them. So we need to make good choices. So it's not like I don't feel like going to school because then I won't go. I choose to go to school, right? And then my feelings follow. I choose to wake up and read the word of God. And then my feelings will follow. But if I follow my feelings like many of us do or most of us do, then I don't feel like getting up and reading the word. And then our, our choices will follow that feeling. How many are with me? Choices lead, feelings follow. It's one of the reasons we live the way we live, is we continue to be led by our feelings. And I tell you, there's days I don't feel like coming to church. There's days I don't feel like preaching, but I got to make a choice to do it, right? There's days I feel not worthy to preach, but I have to choose to do it. There's days I don't feel good, but I got to choose joy, the Bible tells me. We have to choose these things. As we go on in, in the verse, in the chapter, and it gets down to verse 20, which you see up here, he wants to go a little bit deeper with his son. And he says, now son, pay attention to this. And in the New Testament, we see Jesus say this all the time. Verily, verily, I say. If you see in the New Testament, it says verily, verily, two times, it means pay attention. It means Jesus is saying, hey, yo, I need your attention. And so here he's saying, pay attention to what I say. He says, turn your ear to my words. He's going a little bit deeper. He's, he's taking us a little farther, and, and that's where I want to go today. See, because the, the, this chapter is not just a little fun, little beautiful, nice little poem to read. This chapter is truly about freedom versus imprisonment. This chapter is more about, not, not, it's about succeeding or failure. It, it's about prosperous or, or prospering or declining. It's about heaven or hell. In fact, it's about life or death. And that's what the father is trying to tell the son. Like, like pay attention to what I'm about to say. Because this isn't just some little fable or something that, that, that's cute to read. This is about life or death. This is about you either living a prosperous, powerful life. Or just getting by and surviving. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just get by. I don't want to just barely make it. Because I serve a God who just didn't barely make it. He owns it all. He does it all. And so if I'm his son, I should be doing the same thing. If you're his daughter, you should be doing the same thing. Hallelujah. We have to stop sometimes and we have to listen and stop listening to, 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 to what the world is telling us. And, and see, what God, God, what are you trying to tell me? And it's good to come here a good sermon and, and listen to a sermon at home. I'm not discouraging that and say, yo, pastor, I'm going to send you this sermon from Pastor Steve Furtick. It's amazing. It's great. But, but there's nothing that replaces the word of God in your life. There's nothing that's as powerful as taking the word of God and letting God speak to you. 
It outweighs the sermon from Mark Navalis or Steve Furtick or T.D. Jakes any day. Because it's the Holy Spirit trying to talk to us. I'm not saying not to do those things. It's great. If we're very honest with ourselves, and, and I was even thinking about some of my conversations yesterday. I had a lot of conversations, and, 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 and some of them were, were okay, some were good in my view, but a lot of times our conversations are full of nonsense. How many are with me? If you go back and really are honest with yourself, and you evaluate the conversations that you had even yesterday, maybe this morning, a lot of our conversations are just nonsense. A lot of times, uh, in fact, most of the times our conversations are full of negativity, selfishness. What has he done for me lately? What has she done for me lately? A lot of times we're talking those kinds of conversations. And why does that happen? Why, why is it that I go to work and most of the conversations are negative? Why is it I go to the, to, to, to the grocery store and most of the conversations are negative? Why is it that when I turn the radio, most of the conversations are radio why, negative? Why is it that when I turn the TV on, most of the conversations are negative? They're not life-giving at all. Why is it? It's because our hearts are filled with pain. We continue to live a negative life because we're filled with hurt, rejection, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, and selfishness. See, because we can come to church every single day. But if there isn't a transformation of our heart, the road doesn't change. We stay on the same path that we were on yesterday. Go back 21, verse 21. It says, do not let them out of your sight. He's talking. He's talking, don't let these words out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. And he tells us why. For they are life. They are life to those who find them. And not only life, but their health to one's whole body. I, I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that is whole, that is full of health, that is positive, that is life-giving, that is not so negative, that I'm not always focused, hallelujah, on what everybody else wants me to focus on, but that I would focus on what God wants me to focus on. And, and I'm telling you, you can make a difference. Sometimes you're in a place of, maybe you're at your job, maybe you're talking to your boss, and all this negativity just starts coming down on you. You have the power to change that conversation. You have the power. It could be that someone is, you know, you know, cursing around you, and you, you, you can change that conversation. You have the power to do it. All you do is start speaking life into somebody. You just, you change the conversation. You can use scripture and be sneaky about it. Yeah. Start speaking life. I, I, this will happen to me all the time. And, and you guys don't know, women and men, because y'all talk about your husbands and your wives. These single people, your boyfriends, and your other relationships. And we, we have these negative, we start talking, and, and if I get a rumor, most of the time, not, not this church, but some other places. No, no, really, this church is pretty good. I'm not bragging on y'all, but, but, but we're, we're changing, right? God is transforming us. But you get a, a, a room full of husbands, you're like, yo, my wife. Oh, you don't understand. And then you're like, so, sure, you think you got issues? She come to my house for a little bit. And all of a sudden, everybody just jumps on the bandwagon and trying to be who could be worse, right? Who got the worst wife? Oh, but you should see my wife. You should see my wife. 
girlfriend, whatever. And, and, and the same thing, the, the, the women say the same thing. It's my husband. It's him. If he would just change, right? And we keep pointing the finger at each other. But if one person would just stop it. And I know in the army, man, it was it was like this fun thing when they when we got tired and we played. We're tired. It's the end of the day. They already played like 40 games of spades. You know, everybody's ready to go to bed. Somebody say, Yo, man, my wife gets on my nerves. Somebody else said, Shh, mine too. And when that conversation came up, the Lord began to tell me, Don't jump in that conversation unless you're gonna say something good. And I said, I don't know about y'all, man, but my, my wife's pretty amazing. And I don't say because she's here. But I'm saying it because, you know what, maybe everything ain't perfect at home, but my wife is amazing. Man, if it wasn't for her, where would my home be, you know? Where would my life be? And thank God for his grace that he would give me a wonderful woman. But I have to start talking good, and then they all look at you crooked-eyed like, like, we're trying to be negative here. What are you doing? Can you just leave the room, right? And I just start to say, you know, she ain't perfect, man, you know? But I can't imagine being on a journey with somebody else besides my wife. It's been a rocky road, but, but it's been a good road. And I start talking like that, and all of a sudden they said, you know what, my, my wife is actually really, you know, man, right now, you know, she's, she picks up the kids and she does it. And then, the, then it changes the conversation, right? What's in your heart? If you're hurt, you got all this pain and all this stuff you haven't dealt with, whether your wife is good or bad, you're going to talk bad about her because you were hurt, right? It's not until we allow the word of God to transform our hearts that then it begins to transform our words. There's power in what we say. The teacher and the social worker, they can all say, your child has no hope. They have a, they have a mentality of a, of, a, of a preschooler and they're in the eighth grade, right? And if we can go home and we keep saying that to everyone, they said that there's no hope. And, no, we start speaking, you're the smartest kid that I know, right? You may not be doing that good in school, but you're going to do better. We're gonna, I'm going to help you. We're going to get some tutoring. And I believe in you, right? And we have that power to begin to change what everybody else says, what the world says. And that's why he's saying this. Don't let these words out of your sight. Keep them in your heart because they are life. These words are life. And those who find them, I don't know about you, but I want to find these words, right? Find them what? They find health to the whole body. He says, don't let them out of your sight, he says. Keep them in your heart. It's the scripture of God that we need in our hearts, for they are life. The scripture in your heart begins to bring life to you and to those around you. See, because too many of us walk around dead. We're breathing and we're existing, we're surviving, but we aren't living. Most of the people that you work around or live around, they're dead. They might be breathing and they might be bragging and they might be existing, but they're not living. Most of the people you work with are the same way. You see them come to work and they're breathing and they might even have some really nice clothes and a whole bunch of money in the bank. But if this word isn't living inside of them, they're dead. They're dead. And this is coming from Solomon. The, the Bible says that he was the wisest, smartest person ever to be on the face of the earth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respect what he has to say. Smartest guy. He says, 
He, he, his words today tell us that God has called us not to just survive, not to just exist and just breathe to get to the next day or just get the bills paid. He calls us to live. To live, to live, to live, to live, to live, to live in the name of Jesus. And there's sometimes you may have to stop in your house when everything is falling apart. And you might, you may have to declare some things and some people might look at you crazy. You might have to go out to the front porch and open the door and say, I was born to live. Not to exist, not to breathe, not to barely made it, but he created me to live. And there's sometimes that we got to declare that right to the enemy in our house. We got to open our mouths and declare these things. And I said it during, during, during the worship, it's too many times we're coming at the, the, the enemy, we're coming at the issues in our life from a place of defeat. And when we come to it with a, from a place of defeat, we don't see any results. We have to come to these things from a place of victory. And the word is what begins to revive that victory in us. And I have the rest of the chapter here, I'm not going to read it because... Because you're going to have to read it at home because we don't have the time. But, but I, I urge you to read it. But verse 22 says, For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. For those who find them, health for the whole body. And, and all of us need some more health in our body. How many can attend to that? I need more health in my body. We need some physical health. Some of it is a little obvious because maybe we're limping. Maybe we need physical health. Some of us need emotional health because we're still carrying a lot of junk. Some of us need mental health, right? And that mental health could be physical and spiritual, right? But I would say that every one of us here, including myself, and we still carry some unhealthiness in our hearts. Unhealthiness of the heart is the primary reason we can't move forward. Unhealthiness of the heart is why we stay stuck. Unhealthiness of the heart is why we, we come to church on Sunday and then we feel strong and we're ready to go. By, by, by Monday morning, we're struggling to remember who we are in Jesus Christ. It is the word of God that sustains us during those times, which is why it's so vital and important that we open the word of God. Because that thing's going to sustain you on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, and on Friday. And Saturday, get into it a little more because it's going to push you to Sunday. But it can't be the word of the pastor that's going to carry you. You can record me and that's, that's amazing. Actually, it's not so amazing. You can, and that's okay, but there's nothing like the word of God. The recording of the words of the Holy Spirit that will, oh, holy, come See, see, the word of God will pierce your heart like my words will never pierce your heart. See, see, the Bible says they cut through bone marrow. Hallelujah. They cut through the evilest things. The word of God. Pay attention, son, to what I'm saying. See, because too many things have taken root in our hearts. Anger, rejection, unforgiveness, bitterness, hate. We feel unloved. We come to church on Sunday, we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, but the roots are still in our hearts. See, your heart and my heart, they're the soil of the Word of God. The Word of God is a seed. 
So is hate, anger, rejection, unforgiveness, bitterness. All those things are seeds as well. And there's a difference. See, when we come to church and we're around some church folk, all of a sudden those seeds of all that ugliness begin to get loosened, right? The roots, they get loosened by the word of God. And we're around and we go to reach group and we're feeling good and those things are getting loosed, right? But if we don't continue to read the word of God, those things start to take root again. They start to take root again in your heart. We come to church and we feel some freedom and we feel peace, love, acceptance, and we feel good. And, and, and we feel encouraged and we feel uh, empowered and that's amazing and we want that to continue to happen. But we don't want that on Tuesday, all those other things, all that hate and anger and jealousy start to take root again. The only way it doesn't take root is by opening the word of God. We open the word of God, and all of a sudden, that seed of the word of God begins to say, yo, jealousy, there's no room for you. We just The word just told us that you don't belong in here. Yo, bitterness, quit your whining and crying. You don't belong in my heart. In fact, the word of God begins to take ownership of your heart. Say, I am the Lord of the heart, this heart. And that soil begins to become good. That soil begins to produce fruit. All of a sudden, people around you say, yo, there's something a little bit different about you. You're not so negative anymore. Every time I'm around you, I feel something good. I don't, even when all hell falls upon you, I see you keep moving forward. What is the difference? It's the word of God. It's the spirit of God that is speaking to me, that's transforming me on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. In fact, I may have to open my Bible in the afternoon because I feel something taking root in my heart. I feel something that doesn't belong in my heart. There's no room for you no more, jealousy. I'm going to stop. Oh, I'm going to stop worrying about what she's wearing. I'm going to stop worrying about what he's driving. See, the truth, it happens to all of us. It happens in all of our homes. Sometimes we think we're the only one. The same evil voice that speaks to you and lies to you, it lies to me. It lies to me. It lies to you. The same negativity that creeps up on you, it creeps up on me. The same lies of the devil, he lies to me too. The difference is what is rooted in your heart. Instead of listening to the lies of the devil, we need to listen to the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. When you start wanting what your neighbor has, open the word of God. Say, God, take that out of me. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to keep thinking this way. See, we continue to struggle with the same old thing. Continue to have the same old negative, negative, negative com, uh, conversations that we continue to be a part of, and we continue to complain about everything because God's word has not taken root in our hearts. The difference between what God does and what the enemy does is this: see, the devil he does not respect your privacy. The devil does not respect your privacy. He will invade your space. Every time, whether you want him there or you don't want him there, he will invade your space. See, God, he won't invade your space, although he can. And there's moments he will. But in the, for the most part, he doesn't, he doesn't invade your space until you choose him. This is about choosing him. 
See, you have no choice than to hear the voice of the enemy. But you have a choice on whether you want to hear the word of God or not. And it's good to come and hear the word of God. I'm, I'm encouraging you, come to church and invite a friend. Please, by all means. But also, I'm encouraging you, as much as bringing someone and coming, is open the word of God. And the verb, the, 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 can we go to the next verse there? It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do, it doesn't say some things. It says everything you do flows from it. And I have to repent for all we for still having negative conversations, for still looking at things the way I used to look at them. It happens to all of us. It, but it happens less and less when we become rooted in the Word of God. And too many of us still have anger so rooted in our hearts or hate or unforgiveness or, or jealousy. Can, 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 can we celebrate somebody else? Can we celebrate somebody else? Can we celebrate another church, right? As a church, can we celebrate another church, right? As a pastor, can I celebrate another pastor? Well, look what God is doing in that church. It's amazing, huh? Can we celebrate it, right? Glory to Jesus. See, whatever's rooted in your heart, that's what's flowing from your heart. Whatever's rooted in there. And today God reminds us, man, that he is able to root some good stuff in your heart. The Holy Spirit is able to root love, peace, freedom, acceptance, all these things that go contrary to his word. He wants to root those things in your heart. You may be one person who's all church and knows a lot about church. You're sitting here and you say, well, I already know that. I already know that, Pastor. I'm good. I know that. I'm here to tell you that there's some bass that rooted in your heart. Maybe say, I heard this message before. Or maybe you need to find another church. Or you got it all figured out. I'll tell you right now, I'm standing up here. I don't have it figured out. There's still some bad stuff rooted in my heart that I'm working it out right with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you work this stuff out? Literally work it out of my heart. Pain that I still carry. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness that I'm still trying to let go, right? But the more I get, I, 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 we talked about it's not about getting into the Word. The more the Word of God gets in me, those other things get uprooted, right? They get removed in the name of Jesus by the power of the Word of God. If you're sitting here right now and you're saying, man, all you can think of is like, Pastor, hurry up, shut up, let's go. I can say that because I've sat in churches and said that. Can the pastor just be quiet? For one, for, for two reasons. Sometimes he was just talking too much. Or she, mostly he. Sometimes it was uprooting some stuff in my heart. And I didn't want that out of my heart. Can we just get out of here? Another five minutes. They said it was going to end at 12.15. Can we just get out of here? Because something, I feel something being uprooted from my heart and I don't like it. It's starting to hurt. It's starting to do something on the contrary of what the world's calling me to do. It's starting to do something that I'm not ready for, right? Like, like, Pastor, could you just stop? And I'll tell you, if that's what you're thinking today, that there's some stuff that he wants to uproot from your heart, some things that you have to begin to face if you want to move forward and not backwards. See, the Bible talks that, 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 that talks about eagles and how we're supposed to soar like eagles. And we, we talked a little bit of two weeks ago about altitude, 
right? About, about getting to that higher altitude where, there, where there's less resistance. I don't know if you guys remember that. But we talked about that. But let me tell you something. An eagle flies alone. And there's some moments that you got to stand alone in this thing. There's some moments when it's just you, God, and his work. There's some times where you got to open the word, not with the big old group, but just you and the word of God so you can begin to soar as he's called you to soar. Eagles don't fly in flocks. Eagles don't exert a lot of energy. You watch an eagle, he's not flapping his wings. He's soaring, right? He's floating, and God wants us to soar. How do we soar like that? Too many times we're just flapping our wings trying to get off the ground. When God has called us to soar, but we soar on the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We got to begin to recognize, oh man, there's a message in there. There's a message in there for you. He's called us to soar like eagles. See, because too many of us are on the ground eating like chickens. God didn't call us to be chickens. I like chicken. I eat chicken. I fry a chicken, right? I kill a chicken, right? You know what chickens eat? Junk. You know what chickens eat? The other chickens waste, right? They're always looking down, pecking. I'm telling you, God did not call this church to be filled with chickens. It's called this church to soar like eagles. You, you know, a chicken, he'll only fly for a few seconds and he'll come back down, right? Can't fly far. Stuck. And it's okay to hang out with a chicken for a little bit, but don't stay there. It's okay to go tell a chicken, yo, yo, you, 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 you shouldn't be down here. You're just eating junk, right? But don't stay down there because if you stay down there too long, you'll become a chicken again. Who are your eyes on? Are you, are you focusing on chickens? Are you looking up? I want to fly like an eagle. I was called to be an eagle. The Bible says I will soar on eagle's wings. Right? I don't want to be a chicken. I don't want to be pecking on the ground. We begin to soar like eagles as the word of God begins to take root in our hearts. As the word of God begins to take root in our hearts. And this week, towards the beginning of the week, I just, I just Googled some scripture and I began to just read some scripture. And as I began to read the scripture, something began to change in my heart. As I began to read the scripture, some fear I was feeling began to disappear. Right? Uh, 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 some pain that I was focusing on all of a sudden didn't become or didn't look as big as it did before I began to read the scripture. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Little children, you are from God. You have overcome them. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I read that scripture and something happened in me. And I continue to read. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I said, man, that's good. I'm not burdened by the yoke of slavery. And all of a sudden, the fear in me began to disappear a little bit. I continue to read, and it says, You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. And I began to say, Wow, Lord, you're amazing. I kept reading. It says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fear. By the time I got to this scripture, the fear was gone. I kept reading. It says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All of a sudden, I felt empowered by 
by the Holy Spirit. I kept reading and said, you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. All of a sudden, I was ready to face a demon and say, get out of my way. In the name of Jesus, I cast you out of my house. I cast you out of my marriage. I cast you out of my children. In Jesus' name, I kept on reading. And it said, oh God, it says, be alert. I began to read the scripture. And it began to do something in me. It began to stir something in me. Something was being uprooted and taken out in the name of Jesus. I kept reading and it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with were not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they had divine power to demolish strongholds. You were created to soar, church. You were created to soar, church. You were created to resist the devil. Stand firm where he's placed you. Come to add him from a place of victory. Church, can we just stand right where you are? Psalms 91, 14 and 15 says this. Because he loves me, because he loves you, he says, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him, and I will honor him. Those are the words of the Lord for you today. When we call on him, he answers us. He is with us in the midst of our trouble. He delivers us, and he does it with honor. He's able, he's willing, he's all-powerful, he's good. He has not abandoned you, he has not left you, he is here. In fact, see, the prodigal son, the prodigal son, he, he was far from God. If you don't know the story, he left his father to go party and live it out. Although the son's heart was far from God or from the father, the father's heart was never far from the son. So maybe you've done something wrong or you're carrying some sin or you're carrying some unforgiveness, maybe even for yourself. Even for yourself sometimes. I'm here to tell you that even if your parents and your friends and even the church and the pastor turn their backs on you to say you'll never amount to nothing God never does. He never turns his back. And I heard a testimony and I feel like I got to share it. I heard a testimony of a young man and he was powerful. Became famous musician and artist in the music world. The word was rooted in his heart but he allowed these ugly things to get in the way. But he says when he was out in the world the presence of God, even in the midst of his sin. He's like, God, how could, you, how could I feel you? How could I feel you? And he says he felt the Lord said this. He said he felt the Lord said this. The Holy Spirit said this to him. He says, see, son, they pulled the nails out, right? Pulled the nails out of me. But the 
sometimes when we sin against God and we come to forgiveness, he takes the nails of sin out of us. But there's still wounds and consequences for our sin. Right? Sometimes we don't want to go back because we don't want that. But he heals it all. He heals it all. And he's here today. He's here today. And we need to be reminded that as we allow the word of God to be rooted in our hearts, he heals our pain, our bitterness, and all that junk that we carry. So if we could just close our eyes for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, because you are faithful. Lord, I pray, God, that as, Lord, we continue, Lord, this journey even today, God, that we will prioritize your word, Lord, which brings transformation, Lord, to the way we think, walk, Lord, and act and live. I pray, God, we will give room, Lord, to your Holy Spirit, Lord, and be obedient to you. I thank you, God, for the power of your word. Never returns void. Never returns void. There's power. There's power in the word of God. There's transformation for you. There's hope for you. There's restoration for you. There's healing for you. There's deliverance for you. There's freedom for you. And with our eyes closed, I'm going to make a call. If you don't know this Jesus we've been talking about and the power he has, the love and peace that he has for you, you have an opportunity to to meet him today and, and surrender to him. If you want to do that, feel that strongly in your heart, I'm going to count to three and you'll raise your hand. One, two, three. If you could just raise your hands as a minimum. I want to submit to him. Yes, yes. One, two, three, four. Yes. Yes, we're going to surrender to him today. Church, can we raise our hands on our brothers and sisters today? And we're going to pray this loudly. Jesus, today is a day in my journey that marks my history. Heal my heart. Take those things out that are not of you. Forgive me. I'm sorry for hurting because I was hurt. For not seeking you. But today is my day. I give you my heart, my mind, I surrender to you. Give me hunger for your word like never before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, can we give him a hand clap for this brave individual? Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.